You're listening to the Kang's Cast podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kang's Cast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans, by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a super fun episode just last week where we had our fellow admin of Kingsland page, Casey Yost, on to do a pretty lengthy episode of all the hot topics in Kingsland. If you are looking for that episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming wherever you find your podcast. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, was good. What is happening? It's been a while, so uh, bear with me for one second. How was that? That was pretty. Oh. That was a nah. That was a pretty pathetic. Well, you uh, know what it crack. is, dude. You know what it is. You know, I've been on here multiple times saying that I I'm a shitty beer drinker guy. Like I I not that I drink beer shitty. I drink shitty beer. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, you just yeah. drink it. Yeah, just spilling yeah. everywhere in your fucking mouth. No, I'm not a shitty drinker. I drink shitty beer. So like, dude, Coors Lights, Miller Lights. You know, I drink that kind of shit, and those cans are better. Well, today, this is what I was getting at. Today, I'm drinking a Lion's Crown Hazy Indian Pale Ale. And these Jeez. fucking, well, you know, you drink these fucking beers, okay? Right? And you know all those all those woke people that drink all these fancy beers? They use those, they're not, it's not like aluminum, it's that recycled can. So that's where you get that stupid, you know, it wasn't crisp. You know, it's just soft-ass metal, recycled metal using, you know, so... I, I will do better. Okay. I, I will do better from now on. The Keystone lights will be flowing soon. There you go. Pop them up. Uh, so, Ryan, we're coming off a really fun episode last week. And uh, uh, it's always one of my favorite episodes when we bring Casey on because we, we get that difference of opinions. You know, we talk about a lot of stuff and Casey knows this shit. So, it's always a good, fun episode. Um, and I wanted to really start off the episode really by thanking everybody, Ryan, because last week's episode, um, I can tell just by looking at just kind of the listens and the plays and stuff, a lot of new people checking this out. So if you are uh, coming back from that episode, welcome. And then, you know, shout out to Kingsland for the support. But what'd you think about that episode altogether, man? It was phenomenal. I mean, yeah, it's always a good time. You know, when Casey's on, it's nice to have that, you know, difference of opinion. And, and we did have a difference of opinion, um, you know, when it came to, you know, starting lineups and stuff and, um, you know, it's good. It's good. It's, it's, it's always nice when you can have a, a conversation with somebody who has a different opinion than you and it doesn't turn into an argument. You know what I mean? Like dude, those comments yeah. on King, you know, some people on comments on King's land get pretty heated. Do people get in their feelings? And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all Kings fans and everybody's going to have a difference of opinion. And 
uh, you know, it's nice to have a meaningful uh, discussion. So it was cool. I, you know, I, I really like, you know, Casey's solid, man, real solid guys done a great job on Kings land with us. And, you know, he knows he's welcome on every time, dude. So I'm looking forward to next time he comes on. No five-star reviews this week. Come on, man. What are you guys doing out there? I know you guys are listening. Just slide down to the show after. Give us five stars so we get a little. We can get a little nope. uh, play. I didn't get I any new. No, no new five-star reviews this week. But I did get a couple of messages and a couple of comments. So, and that's probably yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, that's you know, right. Matthew Matthew Mossman, Matt Mossman. That's who shouted yeah. us out this week. Shout yeah. out you, man. Matt, you're always in the comments and stuff, dude. We appreciate the love, brother. Yeah, and then also Vignesh out there uh, took the time to do a write us both those guys. So although they didn't uh, leave the five stars, uh, they did take the time. So I appreciate them doing hey, that. Hey, real quick, real quick, before I forget, Vignesh, that's how you say it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very active in the comments. Shout out to you, dude. Hey, he he made that crazy post this week, dude. We can't just like shout him out and then just not talk about this post that got a lot of a lot of eyes on it, dude. Why don't you break uh, it in? Why don't you break it in? Because I, I can't remember exactly. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but I just remember like, whoa, okay. Like, we're, look it up real quick, dude. I was hoping you were going to remember exactly what it was, but I remember, shoot, I drank I drank a lot this week. It was my buddy's bachelor party this weekend, okay? So I got borderline fuzzy, all right? So I, I'm trying to remember, but dude, he had like, so, gosh, what was it? It was, oh, I got it. I got oh, it. Right Marvin here. Bagley. Marvin Bagley is gonna have a better career than Halliburton. That's what it was. Am I? Yeah, correct? that was it. Yeah, that was his take. And but it, it was out of nowhere. He he prefaced it by saying, you know, I'm gonna die on this one. But uh, you know, he dropped that Bagley better than Halliburton in career and stuff. And uh, dude, that was nuts. I I just you, you said his name, so that's what just sparked it. I don't you know I don't, we don't got to spend too much time going back and forth on it, but um. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's what's great about Kingsland, dude. You can you can post some shit, okay? You post some outlandish shit. People are going to hate. People are going to talk about it. It is what it is. Difference of opinions. Um, but that's what we're here for, dude. Throw all the crazy shit you want in Kingsland, dude. Just you have to be ready for the barrage of shit talking and haters to come at you. That's all, you know, but hey, good on you. If that's what you believe, Ignesh, dude, hey, way to sack up and go public with it. And uh, yeah, dude, you, you know, we're Marvin Bagley supporters on this podcast. Okay. So uh, yeah, dude, I just, that was one of the more random um, crazy posts out there, dude, but good stuff, dude. He, well, he said, I'm waking up today and choosing violence. Yes, uh, yes, you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like this, he was, sometimes I think he, that guy from his post, he, 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 uh, he just decides I'm going to die on a hill today. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to do yeah. it. Fuck it. Yeah. And so that was the whole post was essentially at yeah, Marvin Bagley is a better talent than Halliburton. He has a higher ceiling. Um, he'll finish with a better career. I mean, he went all in on a lot of those things. He, he made, he, he made some points though, dude, more talented. There's an argument to be had there. There's an argument to be had. There's an argument to be had about the higher ceiling. Um, but just the way things have panned out so far, I think he lost a lot of, well, not a lot of people, everybody, when he said, you know, he's going to have a better career. It, you know, I, I think Marvin Bagley is a great player. You know, I think he's going to be a good player in the NBA for a long time. But when you have three seasons, probably going to be three and a half, four seasons in Sacramento, and everybody knows the freaking black hole that this town is, um, you know, it's hard to dig yourself out of that when you when you dig yourself such a deep hole like he has. But, um, yeah, I mean, good points. But, you know, hey, he woke up and chose violence, dude. The, the Marvin Bagley thing, we we did a whole episode on it really, uh, I want to say probably a month ago, we dropped that one. And that one, 
I think that went th- went through King's Twitter just because of the uh, just because of the title. You know, I, I usually just title the episodes around like King's Cast episode number. But every once in a while, when we dedicate that one topic, you know, I'll throw a title on there. And, and I did. Uh, it was called a Marvin Bagley episode because that was really when a lot of the, it, it was towards the end. Of the, it was at the end of the season and a lot of stuff was heating up about him. He was it was that thing where he liked to tweet some bullshit. I don't know. I don't get caught up in that. Um, but we came on and did that episode. And, you know, with Marvin Bagley, like I said, we've spent a lot of time on it. But just so it's to put it out there again, Ryan, since this put we're talking about this post is that uh, people just I think they don't Kings Kingsland is weird because I said it last week, I think with KC when he was on and I said that when a guy uh, when the King when, when Kingsland loves a guy, he gets every benefit of the fucking doubt. Like, Oh, what if he had this many minutes or what if he did this or only if that, right. And they just completely ignore deficiencies. But when they hate a guy, they fucking hate a guy. Everything's his fault. Nothing he can do. Um, and so the thing about Bagley is people have gotten so much in that mindset that you, know, you see like Kingsland has a lot of fun posts like, hey, what would it look like at this lineup? What would be the statistical output for this guy? And it was with Bagley, how much how what do you thinks is going to be his his uh, season stat line if healthy at 28 minutes. And I think you know a lot of people say, oh, it's they joke. It's going to be this, this and this is like, yeah, but you realize that like. 24 interrupted minutes the guys 14 and seven which is basically Rashawn Holmes is up now I get there's other aspects of the game but when you're just looking at you know, that's what the thing is, is the big pure, the big pure statistical output yeah the big three stats points rebounds and assists I mean it's always kind of been about those big ones first I mean those are if you can consistently uh put out in one of those categories you could play ball in the NBA you know you can and so it's funny, though, because the hate has just twisted people's brains so much. And people forget, you know, Davion Mitchell is, I think, older or the same age same than age. Marvin Bagley. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, Marvin Bagley had stayed in if if this was the 90s and Bagley had stayed in college, he would just be getting drafted this year, you know, and and, and then what, what's that about? You he'd, know, he'd, he'd probably have, you know, an uh, NBA cha- or a NCAA championship or two. Well, look you at know, guys like Coach Emeka Okafor. Remember Emeka Okafor? Emeka Okafor, yeah. all those years in college in UConn, yeah. gets drafted really high. You know, they yeah. come a little more developed, and people just forget about that stuff a lot. But, um, yeah, super, uh, you know, bold take. Um, and I, I don't know that. Yeah, really interesting. But that's what you said, Kingsland. I, I, that's why it was fun to do the episode last week. And you you put it really perfectly about how you laid out dropping takes um, on there. Um, speaking of Halliburton, um, we, okay, we talked about this last week with Casey Ryan about because with the whole Rashawn Holmes thing, right? And because people are so outlandish when it comes to their takes, that I feel like we come on here or we go inside comments or wherever and we kind of keep it level or keep it real. And it comes across that we don't like players because of that, you know? But really, we don't. It's just like we, we don't think that they're fucking in the Hall of Fame already, that they're, you know what I mean? Uh, and, <laughs> So it's funny because I find myself going against Halliburton sometimes, and mostly because I think he's just become super beloved uh, amongst Kingland, Kingsland. But dude, this is this is a fun one. Me and you are about lifting. We've always been about lifting. We're about the gains. We're about getting after it. And so I saw uh, today that someone posted in Kingsland, and it said, "Well, 
first off, the graphic said Mark Jones reports or says that Tyrese Halliburton has put on 10 pounds of muscle this offseason. Okay. And then and then also a thing by James Hand. So there was by the time I got into this thread, dude, there was already a ton of people going back and forth. And and I chimed in. I said, basically, I 100 percent agree with with that with a guy in there. I said, they said, there's no way there's no way that he's put in 10 pounds of muscle in three months. Maybe he put on 10 pounds with the with the amount of cardio that these guys do. Okay, with the amount of the amount of run that these guys are doing. There's no way in hell. Impossible. It's impossible. They say it's that impossible. every they say it every year about Darren Fox. Every year he's put on eight pounds of muscle, ten pounds. Oh, his shoulders are looking wider. He's looking bigger. And you know, in reality, over his four-year NBA career, he's put on ten pounds. You know, it's it's just it's funny, dude. It, it really is. But you're right. I didn't actually see that though. Yeah. So I thought it was hilarious though, and I want I really wanted to come on here and talk about it because. It's one of those things that'll go down the wayside, but it is something that people say, reporters or whatever, they just say off off the tongue. Oh, he looks like he gained like ten pounds of muscles here, and I was and and it was really like a battle, and you could tell a lot of people in Kingsland that were commenting were non lifters for sure. Like yeah, totally, and that was what you said right there. It was easy, dude. The amount of cardio that these guys do, um, and then the fact to put on ten pounds in three months. I mean, let alone a year for a professional guy is would be difficult, but in three months. You know, I, I, maybe he put on 10 pounds. Yeah, he wasn't hooping every day. And the guy's a young kid. Maybe he's eating Chick-fil-A's mac and cheese and getting, you know, chicken sandwiches and shit. Maybe he put on 10 pounds, maybe, or seven pounds, right? But 10 pounds of straight muscle. I thought that was complete bullshit. And it really goes to show that America needs to lift a little bit more with these takes. And someone <laughs> said, so someone's, I said, well, Mark Jones made, he, I said, well, Mark Jones made the analysis. I was like, so we know this is complete bullshit. And so someone posted a clip and like James Ham said as well. I said, James Ham is a, this was said, James Ham is a non-lifter. All right. And there's zero chance that he can, he can accurately report a body composition with a naked eye. I mean, he's non-lifter. So 10 pounds, it's crazy, but it just goes into the lore of it. You know, you're going to hear these reports. It's going to be hilarious, dude, going into the season. Oh, Tyrese Halliburton, he's working on his three-point shot. He's gained 10 pounds of muscle. He's a, He's been really involved with the team this year. You know, it's just crazy. It's the stuff. It reminds me of in the season when he got hurt for a couple of games and they're reporting about how he's, he, he was standing up to slap hands with his with his teammates as they were coming off the court. Such a leader, you know? It's, it's just the, the weird hype about this shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, Buddy, Buddy has been – you know, his rep since college, you know, I said it last week is just a hard ass worker. Like everybody, everybody knows, Buddy's a gym rat, you know, and, you know, dude can't get no type of love, but it, it, yeah. you know, this is no way, shape or form hate on Tyrese Halliburton. It's, it's hate on the critics. It's hate on the, it's hating on the people who just, you know, fall in love instead of falling in like, you know, yeah, and they just, that's they, what they I hate, said. They hate Buddy for no fucking reason, dude. They, uh, they hate, literally that's what i said though it's not hate like that's the thing it sucks because people go so crazy with these takes that you come in like and you like the take i did and then it's like well you're a hater and it was the thing about rashawn holmes we got all year you know yeah look at that right there showing that picture ryan buddy just getting after it just posting pictures of him just jacked in the gym yeah, yeah buddy's fucking jacked dude every year he gets bigger and bigger but you know the fucking guy plays hella minutes dude and he plays every game yeah, you know, buddy. Yeah. Buddy plays. He's like Harry. It's like Harrison Barnes, dude. 
You know, you can say whatever you want about Harrison Barnes. I'm not the biggest fan of him. You know, solid NBA vet, good player. Um, you know, not a not an all-star, but, you know, solid starter in the NBA. You know, a, a B-plus player. And guy plays hella minutes, dude. You know, he's big. He's strong. Guy play, he plays hella minutes, and he don't miss games. And, you know, I, I there's a lot of value in that, in my opinion. You know, there's a lot of value in just being a big, strong um, able to 34 minutes a night for, you know, 80 games out of the year. That's huge. Well, and that's the difference between, and, and, and that right there though, is the difference between starter consistent starter on a good team versus role player, you know, and it brings us, it's a good transition into the topic we talked about with KC last week. And it's one I wanted to bring on today to talk with you a little bit more in depth because it kind of took off in the polls in, in Kingsland, uh, Casey had put it on after her, our episode with him. And it was, if Buddy Heald's on the roster, um, sh- who should start, you know? And we talked about that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like we were just saying about the, about the minutes and the volume of minutes. Um, you know, that's why some guys are just role. It's, it's like some, a lot of guys can, can produce in short spurts. Or in a certain role, right? That's why we always hate on that per thirty-six stat. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a dumb stat, honestly, because it it it, it gives the guy the benefit of the doubt as if he did it in thirty-six minutes, but really he only did it in a in a short amount of time, you know. And and that's where it's I just don't like that stat. And so that's why if you look at the Kings on their roster, it's guys who we always said that Rashawn Holmes is kind of like a borderline starter his whole career. Really? I mean, this is the first year I think he's, I mean, you could say about it last year, I guess, but he's really coming in and, and, and it's like, okay, the team believes in him to start all the games. But with that, there's still question marks. I mean, the guy only has played like eight, 70, 80% of the games and Halliburton missed games and was hurt last year. You know, but the that that that's to bring it all together. The Buddy Healed starting, I think it's no question. I do. I think it's no question. And a, and a lot yeah. last last week, a lot of my reasoning was how you insert Tyrese Halliburton into the starting lineup, right? Mm-hmm. How he's more versatile. He can play with the laps. You can insert him more easily. And how Buddy Healed's skill set really is. It lends himself to be the ultimate complementary player. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your what, what was your thought well, on the opposing take to us? Yeah, I mean, it, it's everything, you know, the opposing take is, I, I just don't believe in it, dude. I, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start off by saying this. Okay. If roster stays how it is, which it's looking like it's going to, to start the season. Okay. Maybe Bagley goes somewhere, but I, that wouldn't, you know, haul back a starter with the roster, the way it is, the Kings are going to roll out opening night, Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, Mo Harkless, Buddy Heal, De'Aaron Fox. All right. That's going to be the starting lineup, you know, and, and that's if the roster stays the same. Um, you know, I, like you said, it's a no brainer, dude. I think Buddy Heald's too valuable. I think Tyrese Halliburton is too valuable to the second unit as a ball handler, um, and a facilitator to, to be playing next to De'Aaron Fox for most of the game. I just don't see it. Um, he needs to be able to, uh, to have the ball in his hands. And I think, um, you know, Buddy Hield is suited to not have the ball in his hands. <laughs> He's not a primary ball handler. We've seen that over the last few years. You know, Buddy Buddy is at his best when uh, he's running around, coming off screens, 
getting open threes. That's when he's at his best. He's not an off the dribble guy. He's not, he's never going to be six, seven assists a game. That's not what he is. That's not what he does. Um, so, I mean, that, we, we've beat a dead horse on this over the last few weeks. So that's, that's pretty much all I got on that. But Hey, you're, you heard it. Okay. Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, Mo Harkless, Buddy Hill, Darren Fox, the opening day starter. The roster does not change. Now, obviously roster changes. We'll talk about that later on, but um, that's, that's where I see it. Yeah. I, I think that that, I think I foresee this one, you know, we always kind of try to foresee future takes and trends and stuff. And if Buddy Hill's on the roster, this is going to be such an interesting one going up to the season. And I feel like we're going to be in the real minority uh, with people um, because yeah, a what, lot of the, what else is new? Yeah. What, what else, else fucking is new? new? Yeah. You, you know, you know, uh, the, th- the thing is, is that a, a lot of people's reasoning is just that, Oh, we want to see Tyrus Halbert and he's going to be the future and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, I, I get where you're coming from, but it's like the Kings aren't the Kings are trying to compete. You know what I mean? That's the ultimate thing here. It's not that they're this super young squad who's just like trying to experiment. It's like they're really legitimately trying to compete. They have a max player on their roster. They have multiple guys with 20 million a year contracts. They have got veterans who are getting paid. They invested in depth. Uh, coach coach is not is doesn't you know, his contract is not like. I don't, I don't know his contract situation, but it's not like forever here. Um, it's a new GM. I think he's got one more year after. This. Yeah, it's a new GM coming in uh, after one year of kind of retooling. Like they're going to try to compete. So the best roster is going to go forward. It's not like Tyler Halberton's like getting hidden. You know, he's playing yeah. thirty minutes a game. That's that's the ultimate thing. And, it, and, right? it, and it's probably going to be 30, 31 to thirty-two minutes a game this year, which is damn good. Like that's starter, that's starter minutes, you know. And at the end of the day, it's uh, it's not about who's in the starting lineup. It's about you know how many minutes you play, who closes, and um, maximizing the potential of your players. And that's why you know I think we're such firm believers in Buddy Hield being in the starting lineup because if he's in the second unit, who the fuck's going to handle the ball? You know, it's going to be Buddy, and that's not going to Buddy's strength. So, um, and like we said last week, dude, there's going to be times where all three of them are in the lineup together. Um, so I'm not going to go over that again. One thing I do want to say though, while we're on the Halliburton topic, you know, people saying he's the future. All right, let's fucking get this straight right now. Darren Fox is the future. Okay. He is the only player on this roster. All right. Who is at that level of, okay, this guy can be a perennial all-star. Everybody else on this roster is not even close to that. Okay. They're not even in the same atmosphere. So people, you know, every, I always see that on, Oh, Halliburton's untradeable, you know, 13 and five. Sorry. You know, yay, good player, not hating, you know, but I haven't seen enough from that. So um, the future, it just cracks me up every time I see shit like that. It's like Darren Fox is the future. Okay. This team's going to go as far as Darren Fox takes us. Everybody else is expendable, you know, surround Darren Fox with the best players available. As far as I'm concerned, everybody else can, can go if that makes us better. I'm I'm telling you, man, it I don't care how this comes across. I don't know. You can tell me how you think. I'm cautious about Tyrese Halbert and my expectations for that guy this year, dude. I really am. I, I don't know like how much more statistically, how much more is he gonna improve, right? Um, in one year. I don't know if much, right? Um, and it's like, does he is his impact on the game enough to take them to another level? I don't think so. I think people's expectations are just so high. Um, he's doing the interviews. People love him. And 
I don't know, man. I, it's tough with young guys. We've always said that. It's not that I doubt his ability to become a player or anything like that. I just think it takes a long time. There's been so many players who have came into the league and played well, and then they got hurt. What if he gets hurt? What if he rolls ankle, like misses, misses part of the year? And, 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 you know, just shit like that happens. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're sitting here next year and he battled some injuries. He had to play more minutes. Uh, he only played 50 games, 60 games this year. And then we're sitting here next year. It's, it's just, I, I, I temper the expectations and putting all the eggs in the basket. I mean, people forget about not forget. I don't think people forget, but they must. I mean, look at Tyree Evans. I mean, that guy had a really, his, his rookie season statistically was, uh, one of was the kinda, best ever. Yeah. It's kind of anomaly, you know, and there's been a lot of guys like there. We talk about uh, Michael Carter Williams when he came into the league, you know, his first year, I mean, there's a lot of guys like that. I'm not saying he's going to bust. I'm not saying that. KC, I don't think he said it last week, um, but he has said it in in, the, in Queensland that uh, Tyrese Halliburton has a high floor, but he's not quite sure how high the ceiling is. And a lot of people, I, get, I think, got confused by that take, Ryan. And I think what KC meant by that, because I've used it before, right, it's that his floor is 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 where he's at. He's always going to be a good player, but his ceiling is he going to be a great player? You know, we talked about this uh, some time ago when we talked about like CJ McCollum's never even made an All Star game. You know, it, it's very tough when people think automatic. It's the progression, right? For a player, is next year he's going to be borderline All Star. The year after he's going to be. It's like this automatic year over year over year progression. People believe in somehow, and I think that's false. You know, I think it's a multi-year thing. And at the same time, dude, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know about the whole two-guard thing with with uh, with uh, with Aaron Fox. I, I think that he's a pure point guard. But that's, I don't know, that may be a different one for a different day unless you have something to say on it. Now that's a, that's a hill that we can we can climb on a different day. We'll, on a different we'll start, day. We'll start talking about that, dude, and we're going to be here all night. And, you know, I got to work yeah. in the morning, man. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, this is a phone one, Ryan. Man, we always like to shit on everybody sometimes. I don't mean to. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Kingsland. But, you know, the Kings won the uh, Summer League. <laughs> so so I was getting my haircut this week in my uh, down at Midtar- Midtown Barbershops. Shout out to my guy Steals at Midtown Barbershop. Uh, so he's like, hey, he's like, you're going to talk about the about the uh, Summer League on the podcast. I'm like, not really, dude. And he's like, why? I'm like, because it fucking means nothing. It literally... It doesn't mean anything, you know, uh, it, it's probably below. Do you, th- do you think that the summer league is below the G league, Ryan? Cause most of the guys are trying to make the G league, right? I mean, besides the rookies, it's not below it's right at it, dude. Honestly, it is. It's, it's, it's right at it. But the, the thing about the G league, dude. Okay. Is people put so much fucking stock into it and like you said dude it's it's g league basketball it literally means nothing okay you know king's best player during during the summer league you know you guys could say try to say that it was davion mitch all you want but honestly it was louis king okay i watched all the games all right i paid attention it was louis king guy's not gonna make the fucking roster bro all right you know what i mean so it's like there i don't put too much stock into it um People got hyped. You know, people forget, you know, we won the we won the summer league when Ben McElmore was in there. You know, it was like Ben McElmore. I think Quincy AC was on that team and um Ray uh 
uh, what's his name from Mercy? McCollum? Or Mercy, was it Mercer? McCollum, yeah, Ray McCollum. And, uh, you know, that squad. And, and look what they fucking amounted to. Like, none of those guys in the NBA except for Ben McElmore, and he's on his eighth team, and he plays 12 minutes a night. You know, it's like, it's fucking pointless, dude. You know, if you want to get excited about it, that's cool. You know, but for people... I saw posts about like, dude, we're young, we're the future, you know, like this is, you know, look what we have. And it's like, dude, outside of Davion Mitchell met to, you know, I guess Woodard, maybe I, you know, mate, I don't even know if Woodard, Woodard will make the roster, you know, and Ramsey, I don't know if those guys are gonna make the roster. They're probably gonna be in Stockton, you know? So it's like outside really of Davion Mitchell, we don't know what else is going to come out of there. So, uh, I knew you were gonna it's, bring that up, dude. Yeah, you were sending me, you were sending me fucking memes and stuff of it, and I, I watched the games, dude, honestly, because you know, Kings fan, I, I, I wanted to see Davion Mitchell. I wanted to see, um, you know, how he handled things, and um, I think the biggest thing, are we gonna segue into Davion Mitchell or? I got a couple things to say, but I will, okay, bro, go, I will bring go, you back to go, Davion Mitchell. Go. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, yeah. So, want yeah, so, um, well, I wanted to bring a couple a couple of like my favorite worst takes of uh of summer league just just to, just cuz like talk shit but before that <laughs> i wanted you you said metu it's i get i get where people are coming from because to the naked eye it's an nba game right and so when you see metu just fucking coming up and just throwing it down like like 2006 dwight howard you know i get it you're like oh shit like metu could be a force and i think there is some some uh i think metu probably will play some this year i mean he'll play um and davion mitchell but that's about it but they're not going to make this crazy impact so it is i get i get how it's like to get exciting but then you have to take a couple steps back and you realize oh the talent here is just so bad so it's really hard because uh so some of my favorite takes ryan we have to go too far in but some of my favorite takes out of out of summer league because of that was um the Kings need to fire Luke Walton and bring up Bobby Jackson because of the coaching job he did. And I think that's that, that, that was really funny. Um, and, and then it, what was, what, what was it? Okay. This one, how the Kings are just going to be f- all in on defense this year. And this is where I can segue you into, into Davion Mitchell, because just because of the summer league and because of how they talked about defense, all of a sudden, the Kings are focusing on defense. Remember, was it last year or it was the year before where the Kings got that like assistant coach from like Serbia or something? And he came in for like the first week and the Kings like had a, a couple wins and it was a good defensive showing. And it was like, oh, man, the whole defensive scheme is changing. All of a sudden, you know, the Kings, the Kings have found it out. There's going to be this defensive team. And then the rest of the season was just, you know, and it's just, it's, that's where it sort of reminds me of where this season is going. Like the Kings last year had the worst defense ever. And then they focus on defense, quote unquote, in the summer league. And then all of a sudden they're going to come in and be this defensive stoppers this year. It's funny that crazy takes fire Luke Walton and hire Bobby Jackson because he motivates the players. But the, uh, to, I want to ask you this Davion Mitchell, speaking of defense, someone posted in Kingsland. Wait until Davion Mitchell guards Steph Curry, man. Just wait. He's going to be so locked down. Um, well, I don't think he's going to get the minutes in the be in the position to really guard Steph Curry any amount of time. So, I mean, that's kind of that. But it's just so it's funny, man. But talk about Davion Mitchell. Drop your take on him. Well, my biggest thing of watching this the summer league is 
Um, yeah, he's, he's a good defender. He, he seemed like he, you know, obviously it doesn't seem like it. He, he is aggressive. He's got a motor that just doesn't stop. He's his on ball presence is pretty ferocious, you know, just purely off the eye test. Obviously he's not playing night in night out against Steph Curry. And you know, that's, that's a different story, but, um, one takeaway I did have, um, you know, just off my analysis is I don't think the guy's a primary ball handler. Um, there was a lot of, lot of turnovers, um, you know, and if you're turning the ball over a lot in, in the summer league, that's going to translate to the NBA regular season. Um, I, I think he needs to work on his offensive end and he's fucking small. <laughs> it's, it was really like, I was out there and I was like, dude, he's, he's small, you know, like there's, you know, guys are going to be able to shoot over the top of him, you know, um, so that's just a quick, I'm not going to go too in depth on that, but that was just a quick, you know, after watching the games, I'm like, okay, you know, I can see what everyone's talking about the, you know, the ferocious, the ferocious defense and the hustle and, but his offensive game needs work a lot, a lot. I saw a couple like trying to skip the ball across court and, you know, losing the ball coming off screens and uh, kind of just, you know, ridiculous shots that they're, you know, trying to force shots that just weren't there. But uh I was going to bring up that Steph Curry thing. It's, you know, people, people don't realize that Steph Curry is arguably the best point guard of all time. You know what I mean? Like people put him up there with Magic Johnson and the John Stockton's and the Isaiah Thomas's, you know, and like, let's be real, dude. You know, like you said it, what's, what's Davion Mitchell going to get realistically 18 minutes a night. If that probably if that for at least the first half of the season, I think he's 15. Yeah. Yeah, 14. You know, I don't know if he gets the minutes. And uh, so just, you know, kind of pump the brakes. But, you know, going back to Summer League real quick. Yeah, you know, it's cool. It's fun to see. You know, it's cool that, hey, you know, Sacramento, you know, you know, they're trying, you know, the efforts there. And, um, you know, it was cool to see Bobby Jackson out there and Doug Christie. I, you know, I like that. You know, those are guys from my childhood and stuff. But um, at the end of the day, dude, you know, the Euro League can, you know, those Euro League championship teams can take these guys. You know what I mean? Like it, it is what it is. You know, so it's funny. I, 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 I need to bring all that up, dude. You were all week, dude. You've just been sending me. <laughs> well, I just fucking love it, dude. I just, I honestly love the, the takes. I love the people that love it, love everything because it's just to me, it's just so funny. It's so funny, and and I get being a fan, and and I think if people just stayed in fan territory it's all gravy baby but when you come in here and you're just like saying things like definitively and making the take and then dying on these hills i just can't help but to laugh and bring it up on the podcast dude someone shared the most awesome meme ever um and maybe ryan being a king's fan all these years it's just this self-deprecating like humor has just evolved. And I think that's a good thing. You know, um, if we took ourselves so seriously, I think it'd be rough. I think we'd be Philadelphia uh, Eagles fans. And I fucking hate those people, you know, just angry and shit all the time. But uh, someone shared the most awesome meme. And it was um, it, it was like a, a like a cartoon drawing. And it was people like on uh, like like an Olympic, you know, on the Olympics, how they have all the steps you know, first place, second place, third place champion up top. And it's, it's, it's starts off at top NBA champion, works its way down to division champion to all, uh, you know, all this stuff. And the way at the bottom, 
the last ring it's summer league champs and it's it says kings and it's just a dude just flipping everybody off just cheering and everybody else is looking at him like what the hell dude like they're literally like the lowest form of champion right now and i laughed i i stole i took the meme and i put it on twitter and, and people were rolling it was it was hilarious dude um but uh that one was that one better Nah, you did not. You're on beer number two, and you did not. No pops, man. You're. That, I think you might have to stop. Um, all right, let's put this into perspective real quick, dude. I am on beer number two, but they are tall cans. All right, don't be, don't be, don't you know? Don't be throwing me down in the dirt like that, bro. <laughs> Just uh, you know, they, we, we're in, we're in on this about 35 minutes. They're tall cans, people, and I am talking, so I have to take breaks in between. Okay. Yeah, that's um, true. Hey, here's a stat for you. Sacramento Kings set two NBA records this this year in 2021. Worst defensive team in NBA history and the first franchise to win two summer league titles. Yeah. Well, you know, I, everybody else can suck my nuts, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. That's I what I'm talking today. about. I saw that. Uh, story, so sorry to throw out there. I had a I had a post I wanted to ask you about. I never really talked about this to you with you. Um the Sacramento Kings made the post, like their actual social media. And, it, and they said, who is the greatest defender in King's history? Speaking oh, of defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so it pretty much came down to here was the here was the top four. OK, well, it's one of them. Don't don't, don't, don't <laughs> you answer. And yeah, I was setting it up for the people, man. I was trying to be professional. OK, so what it came down to, though, it came down to, yeah, Ron Artest. And then it was Doug Christie. And then uh, people threw in Mitch Richmond. And then the fourth one, because fucking fuckers in the King's Land just can never let it go. But. Uh, it, it was the Western Conference officials, uh, the 2002 Western Conference officials. So that was that was the fourth greatest defense, uh, according to people in Kingsland. But um, so you think it's Ron Artest? Now here's 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 the thing. Here's why I thought it was a very interesting post. One, it just gives. It, it, I love posts like that because it gives a little bit of. It shows where people's brains are at and what they how they perceive things. You know. And so Mitch Richmond, I think, is out of it. Uh, yes. No no all-defensive teams or anything like that. Um, someone said, well, Michael Jordan said it was the toughest matchup he had. Okay. Well, Michael Jordan quote got quoted in a paper once saying it, so all of a sudden that means it's true. Okay, I'm going to go with not that, although Mitch Richmond was a great player. So here's the thing. I broke down the stats um, between – because I initially like it. Of course, Ron Artest won Defensive Player of the Year. So in the grand scheme of NBA history, right, uh, he is a better defensive player. But when you look at a question like this, I was thinking, like, does it mean uh, the best player with when they were with the Kings or best player of all time? Yeah, that's how I took it. Best player of all time to come with him? No, no, I I took it as when you were at the Kings. And and my reasoning real quick is it's real simple. We had Ron Artest in his prime. Literally, Ron Artest's best statistical years were in Sacramento. So that, that's just, you know, whatever. You know, they, they were okay. They weren't great. But, you know, Ron Artest was the best player on the team. Here's why I thought it was interesting, though, because initially my brain went with you. But I, I, had, to, I had to say, like, on this one, so Ron Artest is career, two first-team all-defenses, uh, and he only had one of those with the Kings, and then one time defensive player year that was with the Pacers, mm -hmm. two team all second team defense. So really, he's had one all defensive team with the Kings. But if you look at Doug Christie, his time, he had one first team all defense, three all team second defenses. Yeah, and that's so fine. and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my counter to that real quick. Okay, Ron Artest was also scoring 23 points a game 
you know, leading the team in scoring and having to guard the best player every single night. You know, you, people could say whatever you want. Doug Christie, great defender, not taking anything away from that. Doug Christie, at best, 13 points. I think a 13.6 per game. Strictly in the, played in, defense. In the, heyday, in the heyday of the Sacramento Kings, who had the best, I want to say the best record in the NBA in 2002 when he was first team all-league, or first team all-league, first team all-NBA. You know, he averaged 13.6 per game, I, I think, and he was first team all-NBA. And when you're on a team that has a phenomenal record, probably best in the league, and, you know, you're a shooting guard and you are a good defender, yeah, you're going to get that nod. You know, when your team's better, you're going to get awards, you know. You know, Ron Artest is here winning 40 games a year with fucking old, you know, Mike Bibby, um, you know, Kevin Martin was on the roster and, you know, older guys and uh, team wasn't as good, but he was the leading scorer and he's guarding the best player every single night. So that's why I give him the nod. And, you know, he won a defense player of the year. So you can say whatever you want. Oh, it wasn't with Sacramento. Eh, it doesn't matter. Okay. We had run our tests in his fucking prime. Dude, that I like that. I really like that take. And that, and that take right there that I think, yeah, that, that one you, you sold me for sure. Cause I, I was just strictly the accomplishments, but you're right though. And that is, that is a great, I'm glad you said that about the two uh, being a two way player. Um, and, and, and you get, you know, we're old enough to remember the malice at the palace. I was, I, I, we're old enough to remember the defensive player of the year season that, that runner test when I think when he got moved to Sacramento, um, it was the league hated him. I don't think there was going to be a chance that guy was really going to get recognition. They shipped no him chance. to fucking Sacramento and, but he, that, yeah, prime run our test. Um, if I'm making like an all Kangs team all-time Kang's team, like for 2K or something, you're, you know, I don't know. I, I don't mean, I'd be hard-pressed if not put him on there. Like, yeah, you know, that, there. yeah, I, I really, I mean. He's on there. Yeah. He's on, bro, he's he's on there, and there's a case to be made that he's on there over Peja Stoyakovic, like video game-wise. Video game-wise. Okay, okay. Video game-wise, because you know back in the day, Ron Artest had that three-pointer on NBA Live 06. You know what I mean? And you know yeah. he was playing that defense. So we're talking yeah. about video games. You know, there's a case to be made. Yeah, if I'm making like an all-time Kangs team, people forget that that you know that happened. And and they moved him and it was kind of stupid the way they moved him out. And um, yeah, just, just thinking back back to that to that time. Um yeah, man, it's I don't know, Ryan. I wanted to ask you before we signed off because we've been kind of talking each week about season tickets and all of that. And I know the roster just came out, or not the roster, yeah. uh, the the schedule just came out. Um, and someone had put out before the roster. The, I keep saying roster. Fuck, I'm an idiot. Uh, before the schedule came out, someone put King seven and three in the first ten. I'm like, okay, you haven't even seen you haven't even seen the schedule yet, bro. Let's chill out. He's like, I believe, and I'm like, okay, man, you're just you're just hyped for the schedule at least. Uh, it, it came out and it looks pretty rough. It's well, going to be but, a very rough. You kind of broke down last. You you, you broke down last week, um, kind of just in the Pacific Division, and I went through and counted games. And on a rough count, like, dude, thir- I got thirty to thirty four wins. Like that's them playing solid. It's gonna be so, it's gonna be a rough one, dude. So the one thing I will say though, those first like eight to ten games are brutal, but after that, you know, because obviously. I, you know, I've been waiting for this the schedule to come out because first year my season tickets and I was going to look on them and stuff. After those first like eight to 10 games, 
there's a stretch of like five games where it's like, dude, you, you're going to go five and zero right there. You know, you're playing, it was like Detroit dude, fucking, uh, the rockets. They, they get, they get this group of like five games right after that, where it's like, okay, they can, they can make a little bit of a run. So I'm with you, dude, when you open up with Utah and then that Sunday, which I'll be there, golden state, Portland, um, Portland, um, New Orleans is like the one team in that first like eight to 10 games. I was like, okay, we, we got to win that one. Um, but anytime you open like that, dude, there's a fuck dude. And you know, things get real ugly, real fast in professional sports. You know, you go, zero and eight, there's no recovering. I'm sorry. You know, happened a couple years ago, the Kings, they went zero and five to start the season. And it was, there's no recovering. It doesn't matter how well you played to finish the year. You, you, you went, you start like that and things get ugly real fast. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking brutal, man. And I, yeah. I saw that and I was just like, come on. You know, the one thing that really bugged me about the, um, about the schedule is the zero nationally televised games again. You know, that, yeah. that real, that's something in the NBA that really bothers me. Um, give, uh, you can't have one nationally televised game for Sacramento. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't just, you one, you can't have them square off against, I don't know, dude. You know, Mem- Mem- I think them in Memphis would be a great Memphis, one. Like I would say, you can't have John Morant and da- Darren Fox go, you know, go at each other in fucking middle of January on a Sunday night. Yeah. For real? Seriously? You know, that that's what bugs me more than anything else about the schedule is zero nationally televised games for the second year in a row. And, you know, Sacramento is going to have a fucking superstar in Darren Fox this year, and maybe we'll get flexed, you know? Maybe maybe Sacramento surprise people and Sacramento get flexed on a random fucking Friday Saturday night or something. But that's what I took away most is just the act, the the fucking disrespect to Darren Fox, dude. You know, yeah. It's, and it's, I guarantee, I guarantee the Memphis, I'm guarantee Memphis got there some games. I mean, I, mean, I didn't, oh, I didn't look, man. but oh, I guarantee, sure. I guarantee John Morant did. And you know what they're gonna do about John Morant? They're gonna just fucking show all the highlights of him wide open dunking. Like, I honestly, oh, hey, oh. Hey, I, I, I maybe. I may be tripping, but I want to say Memphis plays Christmas morning. No, no. You know, you know who else got disrespected though? I saw is like the Nuggets don't have a Christmas Day game, and they were tripping on that. Exactly. Yeah. They were like, well, dude, the, the MVP. You got the fucking MVP, dude. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, I I'm gonna come on here, Kingsland. I fucking hate. I don't hate John Murray. Maybe I'm trip. Maybe I'm tripping. It was the Mavericks, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, dude. I hate John Morant, man. And a lot of that is that quote last year and the hype that goes around him and the fact that De'Aaron Fox is just way better. And and yeah, you're right though. I mean, why couldn't why couldn't the Kings get a a, a matchup? And it's the problem with the NBA why? though is they, is they is they just I get it. On one hand, there's part of me that's like I get it. The Kings have sucked forever. Like eat it. But in the NFL, that makes sense. Limited supply. Sunday night football, they're not going to go ahead and do, you know, the, a, a bad a bad matchup. They're not going to go out there and throw two shitty teams. But um, in the NBA, where teams play eighty two games and your season lasts like half the year, um, you, you're telling me they couldn't get a little TNT late night game how on about, a Tuesday? How about this bullshit? Okay, the late game. So for us, seven thirty p.m. That the last game on Christmas Day, which I will I watch all the games on Christmas. Dallas Mavericks versus the Utah fucking Jazz. That's the late game, dude. That day, are you 
fucking kidding me? Are you yeah. kidding me, dude? The Lakers Nets, you know, maybe they're appealing to the East East Coast, you know, because 8 p.m. Lakers Nets, but give me a fucking break, dude. Give me a break, dude. Both didn't both those teams get boosted? Or I guess Utah made it the second round, but didn't Dallas get boosted in the first round of the playoffs? You know what I mean? Like, get the hell out of here, dude. You but it's just the push, it's the push know, for the superstar well, thing. The and, Sixers, and that's what you know, Sixers, it should have been Sixers Nuggets. Sixers had the best record in the NBA last year. You know, the Nuggets had the MVP of the fucking league, dude. Both those teams aren't on the... That's... God, the schedule. It, it fucking bugs me, dude. I hate that shit. Every year, it's something like that. It sucks, man. It, and it really sucks because I think what... The, the stuff like this, it seems like, oh, whatever, you know about it. But it's really moves like this that kind of bring... That keeps keeps uh, teams down. You know, it keeps teams down. It keeps Sacramento down. It's it's you have a young guy who's averaging 25 points a game who's ready. And and it and, and the thing that really blows is that the Kings already are a, a West Coast team, which means that all of their start times at home are 10 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. And no the people aren't watching the Kings on no. the East Coast. And so when when you start when you when it gets to these takes where you talk about young top players and lists of players, the best duos and et cetera, you know, Darren Fox gets left off this stuff all the time. And a lot of the reason is it's just stuff like this. You keeping, keeping players down keeping franchises down. And, and like I said, all it takes is a little bit of, Hey, throw, throw two guys head to head who are considered in the same tier and budding. If Darren Fox was out there and, has it has a stretch like he did in remember in February, I think, when he was like the he was like 30, the conference player of the month. You 30, know, what if he 30 like four points a game for the month, dude? Yeah. What if you catch what if you catch De'Aaron Fox in a stretch like that going and his team is is the first time first early in the season, first time in a while they've been in contention or not contention, but you know, they're 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 kind of there, they're floating, he's carrying them. And then there's a matchup against John Morant, you know, and and you're you're telling me you can't get hype on that. Really, I mean that that wouldn't be good for the league. So yeah, it, it does suck, man. Keeping the Kangs down, but ultimately it does it does fall on to them though. They need to they need to turn that shit around, and it's it's something we haven't called out in a while. But it's it's it goes back to the tankers, the fucking tankers too. Cause you oh tank tank tank, and it's like man, you know I I I'm I'm not about that, man. I want to see I want to see the Kings like do well and get notoriety for key players. You know that's really what I want to see, and so. Yeah, disappointing on the schedule release, but at the end of the day, though, you definitely be going to a lot of games in person, a lot of big games to circle. Uh, what's your what? What's the game that you're looking forward to? Uh, number one, Ryan. Well, uh, I'm not. Gonna, well, I'm not going to be at opening night, so I've already told you. I told you yesterday um, that you can have the tickets that night. So I'll I'll be a good little brother and hook my older brother up with opening night tickets to Utah on Friday. But I will be there Sunday against Golden State, and I'm I'm fucking excited for that game, dude. First game, my first game of the year, you know, it'll be their third on a Sunday night against Golden State at the Golden One. Um, it's going to be fun, man. Clay will be back healthy. Draymond will be there. Uh, Steph, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman. Um, that's yeah, as good as it gets right there, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously I've never seen LeBron live. I've never seen KD live. I'll be at those. Uh, and in that Lakers game, dude, um, I'll probably go to all of them. But you know, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, like that's just, that's good stuff, dude. You know, just I, star power. 
star power wise, you know, you want to see the greats, you know, when it's all said and done and I'm 75 years old and, you know, I could, I'll be able to look back and be like, yeah, dude, I saw LeBron and Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. I saw Durant, James Harden, Kyrie, Giannis, you know, I've seen them all, you know, so that's, that's something I'm really looking forward to. I was talking to my wife's grandpa about a year or two ago. He's a big, he's a big basketball fan. He was telling me about how he went and saw Bill Russell play in the garden, you know? And, oh, really? and I thought, yeah. And I was like, that's, he was just telling me about the experience. I'm like, that's, that's pretty badass, man. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, a you pretty want, bad. Was, speaking of the garden, dude. So, um, one of the, one of my biggest sports regrets. Okay. So a couple of years ago when LeBron's last year in Cleveland, uh, you know, they went game seven against Boston and it was in Boston and, uh, I landed in Boston. Okay. Two hours before game time. And I was with my wife and her family and know, we were sitting at the cheers bar right there. Right. Everybody knows cheers. And, uh, I was looking on tickets. We're down the street, dude. And I'm looking on tickets, game time app. And, uh, I, could have went for 320 bucks, dude. I could have went to the garden and saw LeBron game seven when he went off and it's, I didn't go. And it's one of the greatest fucking regrets of my sports life, dude. I could have been there. So, uh, you just said then that, that triggered a, a hurtful memory, but yeah, dude, that's fucking sick. Can you imagine? Remember we saw Bill Russell at, at Arco at Mitch Richmond's retirement or Jersey retirement. And dude, it was one of the greatest things ever. We got hella close, dude. And we took pictures I have like a picture of my handout and like Bill Russell's like right there. And I'm like really close to touching him. It was fucking awesome. The one player I, I want to see this year, I was thinking about and not for the hype reason, but I really want to see Luca play live. And, and a lot of that is I, I really want to see with my own eyes that close on how this guy gets loose like that. I want to see the speed. I want to see the fundamentals. I want to see the movement. You know, we've talked about one of the me and you have both talked about one of the greatest sports moments for you and I is watching Steve Nash's warm up back in like mm -hmm. 2000 and and what eight two thousand nine, you know, and yeah. just seeing those pure fundamentals. You know, I've seen Tim Dump Tim Duncan play mm -hmm. live, uh, seeing those fundamentals. You know, I, I'm really interested to see in person how he gets loose like that. Just just out of a pure curiosity standpoint, I just want to see what that looks like yeah. because the guy but just looks. You know, you wouldn't think it, you know, but I, yeah. I want to see, I want to see the size. I want to see how he gets, gets shots up. I want to see all of that. Yeah. So that's, that's one that I didn't put at the top of my list just because of how young he is. And I'm going to have time, you know, you got to go see, you, you got to see Durant. You got to see LeBron. You got to see Russell Westbrook. Cause those guys are coming to the end, you know, and um, that's, you know, one of my, one of my big regrets. I never went and watched Kobe live, you know, and it's like, you, you know, that's one of those things I, I, you know, I really, as I'm getting older and I start to see that, you know, and guys are retiring from our childhood and, you know, it's like, fuck, man, I, I need to go see these guys. So I definitely have all them older guys, dude, check, checked already. And I'll, I'll be there. Cool, man. So uh, it's going to be a fun season, man. I really can't wait. Well, another fun episode, uh, you know, Hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. Um, if you ever want to interact and be part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I, uh, primarily on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan, and we are active on our Facebook group Kingsland. So go ahead and join that. Um, if you would like to help us out, please leave us a five star review after the show by sliding down, clicking on that, leaving a comment. We'll definitely read that on the show. And if you ever want to stay up to date with our podcast, you can check us out anywhere at Kingscast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. 
Go Kegs. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.